Welcome to the We Like to Say We're Experts podcast, where we go over noteworthy news, pop culture, and everything in between. And now, your hosts, Evan and Nicole. Hey, everybody. I uh, hope you all had a great week. Welcome back to our fourth episode with Evan and Nicole. All right, so this week we're going to kick it off again with a few interesting news stories that we found. They're a bit uh, out of the box, shall we say. Sure. So the first one that I have is that in Huntsville, Alabama, a fight broke out over crab legs at a buffet there. And it says a full-on, it was a full-on brawl. It started with two very hangry diners who could not agree on who was first in the line for the fresh-boiled batch of crab legs. The local police said people were tossing dishes and wielding tongs as sword-like weapons. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of this story, mostly because, like, in, in some fantasy world that exists inside my brain, I would like to think that I would be part of this kind of situation, you know? There's always those times where, you know, you're waiting in line, and, like, you're first, and, like, or, like, you know, you're up near the front, and somebody yeah. cuts you, and it's like, oh, man, like, that sucks, and you, like, say something, but, you know, but like, what are you really gonna do, you know, like, you're not gonna, like, personally, I wouldn't fight somebody. I mean. For mo- for most things, shall I say, if would, I'm waiting in line, you know, like. Is there anything that you would fight someone for? Uh, well, I would say when I went to pick up a Wii U, but there were only three of us in line anyway, so, uh, oof. Yeah, well, it's a little too real. Yeah, ambulance. Here we go. Um, but no, like honestly, I can't really think of anything except yeah. for maybe like magic cards at this stage in my life. So our second story is actually about Stephen Avery of Making a Murderer fame, which we watched both seasons of. Yeah. On Netflix, and he won his appeal. I'm just gonna read a little snippet here. Super happy for him, by the way. To preface this. Agree. So according to the news website where I was reading the article. It said that the appeal was filed based on the bones that they found. Now, if you watched season two of Making a Murderer, then you'll remember this. Um, if not, then this may be a little bit of a spoiler warning. And a... I would... Yeah. Cause Sorry. I... But from what I remember, they found... I think it was even mentioned in season one, too. So maybe not spoiler warning, but... Is this the fire pit thing? Yeah. So, like... They allege that Stephen Avery had a fire, like a bonfire that night, which he did have. Like, there are witnesses in his family that said he had that. I guess the alleged part was they said that that's where he burned the bones. And I guess from what I remember from the article and from the documentary, they never, like the handling of the bones, there was like not a good chain of custody. I think also they didn't test them in the right way i'll i'll have to put a link in the show notes about like what the details are um i can't say 100 percent that i think Stephen avery is innocent but i don't think he necessarily got a fair trial and it, after everything that came out after season two of like all the things they didn't test or didn't test correctly or didn't even bring up his original defense attorneys it was kind of all over the place yeah i Watching season one, I had really liked yeah. his attorney, and I thought he was doing Agree. like a, a great job. And I do think like he's a good attorney. Yeah. Uh, but after seeing a lot more of this evidence and like speculation that's come out, like in season two, and now this with the appeal, I think they were just overwhelmed and they didn't hire like the right experts to do yeah, things. It, it was like a lot, and it's just a bad situation all around. Like, I, I, I'm not gonna get into like my personal beliefs on the matter, but yeah. It, 
everything about this entire case seems really shaky. You yeah. Know? It seems more like... I know that there's physical evidence, but it still seems like hearsay. Yeah. Especially given the, the a, loose connection with Stephen Avery. There was just, like... If I remember correctly, there was, like, a lot with, like, alibis changing back and forth. And then they, they looked on, like, not the nephew who got arrested, but the nephew's brother. So his other nephew. Yeah, that's They cool. looked on his computer, and there was, like, a lot of things that were very suspicious... For someone that close now, to, like, a murder. Now, by suspicious, what we mean is he was doing Google searches in the, was it the early 2000s, yeah. right? Of, like, you know, like, like, dead naked lady and, you know, like, drown, like drowning teens yeah. and, like... Also so mixed like, in with, like, some porn. Essentially stuff <laughs> porn, yeah, yeah, is what he was, was looking kinda, for. And that doesn't really shed a good light on him at all. Yeah. Um, but, like, obviously, we don't have the facts. Yeah. yeah. My question is, so if you watch Making a Murderer Season 2, or if you follow the story in any way, you know that they brought Brendan Dassey's case all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court essentially turned down, so there's no more appeals. Like, he has to wait until he's up for parole, which Which, doesn't mean he's gonna get... And that sucks so much. Like, especially if you've watched the first two seasons. Seeing, Seeing Brendan's case in particular is like... Heart absolutely heartbreaking yeah. yeah my question is so they only really got brendan like they wouldn't have gotten brendan if it wasn't for steven do you know what i mean yeah so like if steven gets a new trial and is found innocent or his conviction gets overturned can that change anything for brendan so like i guess i don't know much about this legally but if they bring his case so they brought it all the way to the supreme court and they say no but now if like the original conviction gets overturned or is he's found innocent like can that do anything for brendan yeah that's a really good question like i don't know if it's still a no like even if this is like quote new evidence or new information it's like you're out of appeals but there's this other like if 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 the thing that you were latched onto was proven not to happen do you know what i mean yeah i would like to think that would mean a, a change of uh avenues yeah. for brendan dassey right now but I just don't know much about that legally. Yeah. If anyone is a, knows how that would work legally and you would like to let us know, and, I'd be fascinated. And if you've liked and subscribed, uh, <laughs> please feel free to, to drop us a line because we would like to know more. Neither, yeah. neither of us are lawyers. No. Uh, despite me being uh, a poli-sci major in and college. And despite me listening to a dozen true crime podcasts. Yeah, we, we, we're only working with what we got, which is not the full extent of what a, uh, a, lawyer would a, know. a truly you know immersed legal expert, legal expert would know. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, Nicole, what you know? What's a question that I ask myself what? quite a bit? You know, who watches The Watchmen? And uh, <laughs> as it turns out, we, we did last night. Uh, so, Watchmen is going to be having a new TV show on HBO later this year. I think by the end of 2019, they haven't announced. All we've seen is when they did the 2019 like year in trailer for like all their new and returning HBO shows. They just showed like a clip of one of the characters. From Watchmen, Perfect and that's coming time. 2019. It's the one with the blot mask. Oh, Rorschach. Yeah, I can never pronounce that. That's okay. I got you covered. <laughs> now, I uh, I had seen the movie Watchmen by I never had. the wonderful director Zack Snyder uh, in 2011 when it came out. Yeah, and we we actually watched it again uh, last night. March 2nd, 2019, yeah. for, uh, for a frame of reference. Because I kind of wanted... I know that the TV show is going to have some differences. Like, it's not going to be a retelling of the movie. But I still wanted to know, like, the world. Yeah. Just sort of, like... It gives you a lot of context. Yeah. Which is nice. Especially if they if they have anything in the show that ties into the movie. Right. Like, it's I pretty wanted good. to know. What? 
one thing I had forgotten when we started watching last night was exactly how long the movie is. Yeah, it was uh, three hours, and I have no attention span. Hold on. Runtime run on that was only two hours and 43 minutes, okay, I think, or 42 minutes that. or something. Yeah, I guess we can round up. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's long, it's, and I it's don't, long. like I said, I, I don't like long movies. There was one point where you paused it, it was an hour and 15 minutes in, and it still held like that other hour and a half, and I was like, Ugh. Yeah, you were like, do we need to finish this tonight? And I was but like, I was like, but I also yeah. want to know what happened. Yeah, it, even it's though good. It like, long, I don't want this to take away from if you haven't seen it, yeah. then you should see it. It's on Netflix now. It's just long. It like, is, if you're looking for a quick movie. It's not a movie I would start it. at, like, 8 at night. Yeah. Because we started at, like, 7-ish, yeah. and we finished around 10. Um, but it is good. It holds your attention, and... Do you want to give, like, a brief premise of what it is? Sure. Like, what it's about? So... Without spoil... Like, I, we'll do like spoiler a, warnings, but a, before A broad overview. Yeah. yeah, a broad overview. Watchmen is about uh, a few now defunct, uh, for lack of a better term, superheroes mm-hmm. uh, that are trying to solve a murder of one of their own. Right. That's probably, like, the broadest... Yeah. I agree. Overview I could give without giving too much away. So we're going to say spoiler warning now. If you haven't seen it, um, we'll put the notes below. But just because we might mention like some plot points in the movie yeah, that you and, don't want to know if, if you haven't seen it. Yeah, like if you're trying to keep yourself like head in the sand on this sort of yeah. thing. like Just giving you a heads up. But, uh, but yeah. So you have, yeah. So in the beginning it starts with the comedian getting killed. And oh, he's he gets one of the, thrown out of a window. Yeah, he's it's one of the watchmen. Great. And then his uh, his smiley face button gets blood on it, which That's is basically true. like the, uh, oh, what's the what's the word? It's like the logo for like yeah. the Watchmen series, you yeah. know. So yeah, he gets thrown out the window, murdered. Rorschach, who's face, he's like a crazy pants. Yeah, they say he's like a psychopath. Yeah, sociopath. I yeah, mean, that one. They're not entirely wrong. No, he's pretty brutal. You know, like, he hears about this, and he goes, and he tries to, like, talk to a couple of the other old, like, members of the team that he worked with, uh, Night Owl, and then he tries to, this is, like, one of my favorite parts, of the, maybe not one of my favorite parts of the movie, but I, I always, like, chuckle internally whenever I see it, is when he, you know, Rorschach, crazy guy, yeah. breaks into, like, the military base to tell Dr. Manhattan, oh, yeah. who's basically God, that somebody's gonna try to kill him, you know, it's yeah. just, like... Okay, and Dr. Manhattan's like, yeah, I know. You know yeah, what I mean? He's like, like, I know everything. He's like, I can see my own, like, you know, he's like, I can see my own timeline, past and future, for the most part. Yeah. It's like a little, it's a little fuzzy in the future, he says, but like, he knows. Like, he's, and he can do whatever he wants, which is the other best part. Like, he and can. And he also doesn't wear any clothes, which yeah. is weird. Well, not weird, but like. It's, he transcended pants. I tried I explaining that last night. But, so he's blue, and he's he glows, he's but very he's glowy. naked all the time, Yes, and you see everything, and, like, I don't need to see now, his glowing blue penis. I thought that I had times. been a, a, a member of this of discussion about the blue junk, and that that was behind me. Like, I never I never thought that this would ever come up again in my life. I was just from like, eight oh, years okay, ago. we saw it. Oh, okay. Yep. Like, there's, literally wait, every scene he's in. But wait, there's more. Like, you know, here he is. He's never going to put pants on. No. He doesn't, need, he doesn't need pants. I know, but they can't, like, cover it with, like, a like a oh, something else. they totally could have. Yeah. And I don't even... So I... <laughs> you I, know what I mean? Yeah. Like... After I had seen the movie, I read the book. Yeah. I can't remember 
precisely, but I feel as though they didn't have as much of the glowing blue ween in the book. I feel, yeah, I feel like Zack Snyder just kind of wanted that, you know? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> they let me do this movie. Yeah, let me put in this, uh, this again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Rorschach goes and he talks and then like, you know, they like bump around for a little bit. Oh, like here's like everybody's backstory, which is kind of nice, but it does jump around a bit. It, I often was like, wait a second, time had, out. Like had, I have uh, questions. Yeah, we had to pause a few times, especially for because they front load a lot of the movie with oh, they, like a lot of things. They and totally then it's do. Like that's wait, you're supposed to know all this? Okay, good. And that, then I'm like, uh, uh, that's why the movie's like three hours. Is because the first hour is basically nothing but setup. You know, yeah. it's like here's everybody. Yeah. Here's all everybody you got to know, and like here's yeah. all their backstories, and yeah. here's like uh, some more backstory, yeah. which is kind of nice because they are just trying to jam. It's, a, it's like a decently sized graphic novel oh, into yeah. one movie. And well, I, like, I understand. I think they do a pretty good job of it. I like it. Um, but yeah, after that, it, it it ramps up a little bit, which is nice. Yeah, once they um they all like come back together and realize, okay, like someone is out to get them, or so you think. And then the twist. Well, somebody, well, yeah, Adri- Adrian Veidt is like... he's He was one of them. He's, he was one of the Watchmen. He, his name was Ozymandias for the Watchmen. Yeah. And it... Like, a few things happen throughout the movie. Like, a couple people die from cancer that they blame on Dr. Manhattan because he's, he's like, like a radiation. nuclear ball of energy. Yeah. yeah. And then there's, like, an the attack on the Watchmen between the comedian and then adrian has somebody that tries to kill him right uh what we find out later is that basically adrian just is or like orchestrating all of this right which you know when i was like 21 and i saw no i wasn't even i was like 20 and i saw this i'm like oh wow you know like this is great like this is so deep like but it's i think it still is like it's pretty clever for what it is you know it's like oh hey like and then when, I I set all this stuff up using like Doctor Manhattan's psych profile right. and like what I know about you and like all these resources. Because there's a scene I where have. like they he uses like the nuke bomb to like destroy New York City. Yeah, and at that time Doctor Manhattan and I always forget her name Silk something. Oh, uh, Silk Spectre. Yeah, she they're both on Mars, so they come back and he she's like, oh no, we were too late, and he's like, oh yeah. no, like they framed me. Dr. Manhattan. Interference. Cataclysmic interference. I can't believe it happened. This wasn't caused by nuclear warheads. It was me. I did this. What do you mean you did this? Not directly. It was made to look like I did it. Oh yeah, one thing. One thing that uh, I guess I somehow forgot to mention: the, the whole movie takes place during the Cold War. Oh yeah. Um. So it it you know classic Russia versus America, yeah. but America has Doctor Manhattan, who supposedly could stop like any yeah. nukes. Or ideally could stop the nukes just by vaporizing them. So when they come back from Mars, they're like, oh, you know, like a nuclear war finally happened while we were away. And then Dr. Manhattan's like, nah, like I did this, but not really. Because it's like his, whatever his like particle 
like explodey power is yeah. but like right like so right before that had happened uh rorschach and night owl like go and they find adrian and his like little antarctic base and it's, right. it's great and you know adrian like tells everybody he, he's basically like yeah i like spent all this time to like a get dr manhattan like off of the planet yeah and then b like it was like the long con yeah it was great he was like i i spent like years and like billions of dollars to like do that make sure he couldn't see the future get him off the planet and like figure out how to harness his sort of energy right and then they're like you know like classic comic book rorschach and i are like oh like we're gonna stop you and then adrian's like uh, here's here's the double deuce he's like if you had the slightest chance of altering it, I never would have explained my master yeah, stroke. Yeah, he's like, he's I set like, it off like yeah. 30 minutes ago. Yeah, he's like, I, 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 I began the sequence 35 minutes ago. Yeah. And then it's great because that scene just cuts immediately into the explosion. Right. It's perfect. And then I, I like the ending of it. Well, so I, I explained this to you last night, but the movie and the book have dip, slightly different endings. Yeah. The way the movie ends is like, Dr. Manhattan comes back. Uh,. He's, like, about to kill Adrian, yeah. pretty much. And then Adrian turns the TV on and is like, hey, look, you know, because, you know, the U.S. and Russia and pretty much every other power thinks you are the threat, the Cold War is over to right. unite against you. And then Dr. Manhattan's like, actually, you know what? That's pretty reasonable. Yeah. I'm gonna just go into outer he space. He had, like, one foot leaving Earth anyways. He was kind of like, I don't like humans. Yeah, he didn't really care about yeah, humans. Yeah, so it wasn't, like, some big loss to him. Yeah, it's not like he... See, he didn't really care about anyone. No. Because, you know, when you have... I guess when you have a godlike power, yeah. you can do whatever you want. It seems kind of boring being yeah. on Earth. But, um... I think I think the ending's pretty good. I know some people didn't Did like it. Did you say it. it was different from the book? The book ending, I like a little bit more. I wish they had done that. So, in the book, throughout the whole story, they have, like, artists disappear and, like, scientists disappear. And you don't really know why, but it's not really... They don't shed too much light on it. It's usually in passing. Okay. So then at the end of the story, basically, they drop a giant squid on New York. Oh, jeez. Which is, like, for, la for like lack of a better explanation, it's Adrian Veidt instead of, you know, exploding, like, okay. a bunch of these cities. He had a bunch of people build a replica of... Like, whatever an alien would be. Right. So, instead of uniting against Dr. Manhattan, they're uniting against this new alien threat. Okay. Which, I think that holds a little bit more ground. You know, yeah. in terms of, like, yeah. why, why everybody's joining together. I think they're both, they're both close enough. Yeah. It's basically the same thing. But, uh... I liked it. Like, I'm excited to see the series, to see, like, more of that universe, more of that world. Yeah, I think it'll be good. Yeah. I, I have wanted to know more. Yeah. So, I'm excited about that. But overall, I like that movie. I keep... I kept wanting to watch that movie again. I and I think it just put, it. was back on Netflix, like, recently. Yeah, like, it was perfect timing. Because I own it somewhere on Blu-ray. I don't know where it is, though. Because after yeah. I saw it, I was like, oh, man, I gotta, I gotta buy this movie. It was great. <laughs> and then... And, and now I'm like, oh, hey, it's on Netflix. Also great. Yeah. Put it on. But yeah, that was our, uh, <laughs> that was our last night. So, in the opening, we talked about Stephen Avery... And how some people think he was wrongfully convicted. But there seems to be a lot more divide on whether this man was wrongfully convicted or not. And if he should get an appeal. But today, we're having our Crimecast episode. Hello. Which I'm 
I'm not sure why Evan agreed to let me talk about true crime stories. It, it sort of gave me an excuse to talk about Watchmen, which is very loosely crime. <laughs> uh, is so kind of yeah. There's okay. a murder, and then there's stuff. So we're gonna talk close about... enough. <laughs> so the first story that we're gonna talk about um, is another wrongful wrongful conviction case, but this one actually has like a lot more evidence behind it um so i'm going to give you guys like a little bit of a breakdown on the case and how i heard about it and why i'm mentioning this case in particular right now so the story is about curtis flowers and i believe he lived in mississippi and i believe it was in the 90s he he's black and that is relevant to the case but he was accused of killing four people from a job that he got fired from the reason why this case kind of like caught national attention more recently is someone decided to do a podcast and it was season two of in the dark where they talked about his story and that he's had six trials in the summer of 1996 four people were murdered in a small town in mississippi a black man named curtis flowers was convicted of that crime The new season of In the Dark will examine why this man has been tried six times for those murders, and why one prosecutor is determined to send him to his death. And you think like, okay, like there's double jeopardy and there's all these things where like you can only be convicted once. That's a lot of trials. Basically, he had five trials. They all got overturned on appeal. And most sometimes in these cases where there's murder or things like that, if it gets like a mistrial or it's overturned they you know it's a lot of money to try these cases da's will do plea deals or they just decide not to prosecute it again well this one prosecutor was like nope i'm gonna keep prosecuting it and he prosecuted it over six trials and through all those appeals he kept getting new trials and it's spanned i think like I said the 90s until now so basically essentially 30 years right. give or take this guy has had like his limbo his freedom like back and forth like that's pretty crazy that's a lot so well, this podcast comes out and this the podcast host's name i think is madeline and she uncovers that the attorney general or no not the attorney general the district attorney over like 25 or 26 years that he's been the district attorney including the curtis flowers multiple cases mm -hmm. when they were looking at prospective jurors struck black prospective jurors four times as much as white jurors just solely like based on race so it's kind of like he wasn't allowing curtis flowers to be have a jury like of his peers or at least like a, a, a mix of a jury um, they said in 2010 that his jury was 11 white people and one black person, which they thought, you know, has a little suspicious. And his appeal has been winding through the court for the past eight years since his last six, since his sixth trial. And now it's all the way to the Supreme Court, which the Supreme Court, as we mentioned earlier, doesn't see a lot of these wrongful conviction cases. So this is like a one in a million. Brendan Dassey got it and it didn't turn out in his favor. But I feel more, even more so than Stephen Avery and Brendan Dassey that this case, he's not getting fair trials. And this isn't even talking about the evidence or their lack of evidence in the podcast. They basically are talking about um, just things regarding like the gun, like 
it was very suspicious. And I would highly recommend listening to the podcast. I will put a link down below. It's it's just mind-blowing how much work they take into this. So the producer of the podcast hires someone for a year to spend a year of their life looking at all the juries from this district attorney's case and basically making, like, a gra graphs of them and, like, compiling all that data. Like, a like, that's how committed she was to, like, showing that this person had nefarious means. So what do you think of all this, Evan? I think it's pretty... Like, six trials and, like... If it's been five times it's been overturned on appellate, wouldn't you as a district attorney be like, maybe this person's not guilty? Yeah, like, <laughs> I can definitely, you know, like, one appeal, right. trial. Yeah. Like, I feel like most, pretty much everyone, if you were convicted, you would right. try to appeal it. Right. Like, unless there was, like, lock, stock, and barrel evidence. And right. And you, like, or you pled guilty. Right. Um, I can see trying, but try, yeah, trying over and over. Yeah. And then basically just getting stonewalled by right. the same prosecutor. And, like, it's it's almost like, you know, it, it's basically like the the judicial version of Groundhog Day. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, like, going to a trial again. You know, it's like the same guy. It's like the, basically the same jury. Right. But, like, oh, we're going to try. The One of the other things they mentioned was that they had, like, jailhouse informants. And I think they had, like, one come up and, like, he came to them after, like, the third or fourth trial. But then, like, that got, after that one was appealed, and they went back to him, like, let's say it was, like, the, the fourth or fifth trial, and they're like, hey, like, we need you to testify again. He's like, yeah, like, I made that all up just to get out. Like, it's, cr like, you know what I mean? Like, there's just so many, like, inconsistencies in this whole yeah. story that, like, could he have done it? Yes. Do I think he did it? No. But mm -hmm. also, I don't think he's getting fair trials or due process because that's like enough is enough yeah i feel like i like i'm not i'm not an expert on the yeah. courts like as we talked about earlier i feel like after a certain point like how like how many times do you have to appeal how many times can right. you appeal wouldn't someone notice that like i don't know that the same thing is happening yeah. you know what i mean not that like not by any means that it's a waste of the court's time right. but i feel like it's essential like going back to the groundhog day thing yeah. it's like the same surface level for the most part you know like the same surface level evidence every time right and to me it seems like a bit more could be done i don't know by whose side yeah you no know, again like we don't know if he right. did it but I don't know, I feel like there should be a, a bit deeper digging, which I'm happy that the, um, you said the podcaster hired these people right. to sort to of like investigate. like, really look into it. They're not just, like, making claims. Like, which they're is... actually, like, looking at data and, and being like, hey. That's what it should be, yeah. too, I would think. Yeah, they're actually, so I think the Supreme Court is hearing his case, like, in the next week or so, um, and I, then it's going to be, like a, like, a period of time where, like, they review it before they make their decision, and the podcast actually is coming back with, like, four new episodes so they can break down, like, what is happening uh, for the viewers that follow the case and want to know, you know, what the Supreme Court says, what it means. I just, this one, listening to this case, I sometimes say, like, it gives me, like, rage. Like, it just, it makes me so angry that things like this happen, but also... I mean, unfortunately, like, there is still racism, especially in a lot of these places in, like, the Deep South. It just is a thing. Yeah. And, like, it's not just saying that because you think, like, this person didn't do it. Like, you have data 
to back it up. Yes, but I'll, I'll be really interested to see what the results yeah. of this investigation are because it definitely seems a sort of uh, an intense bias. Yeah, shall I say, and I wonder, the... like, if the Supreme Court, like, let's say they, it's kind of the same thing with Stephen Avery, like they could just over, like, say like you can't convict him anymore, but like they could just say like he could have a new trial. Well, if he gets a new trial. Who's to say he's not going to be found guilty? Yeah. Again. Who's, who's the prosecutor going to be? You know, like who's. I hope it's not the same person. Sure, going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was, to be quite honest. But what if that's like one of the things they make where they vote? They're like, he needs a new trial, new... but like you can't. It's got to be like in a different county. Yeah, that or something like that. That would make sense. Yeah. Give him a fresh start. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see how this turns out, but it definitely seems um, heavily skewed against uh, Curtis. Curtis Flowers. Curtis Flowers. Yeah. Got one more true crime. Well, actually, two true crime stories that are kind of linked together. Ooh, shoot. That kind of came out recently. Um, have you heard of the Bear Brook murders before? No. Okay. In 1985, a horrible discovery was made. 30 years ago this month, a mystery began when the remains of an adult and a child were discovered in a bag next to an overturned 55-gallon drum in Great Bear Brook State Park. So we live in Massachusetts. These actually happened in New Hampshire, and it was a very high-profile case that I had never heard of. Um, the reason that it kind of came back into attention, national attention, was some of the solvings behind the case. So what happened was back in, I think it was the 80s, I want to say 85 or 86, there's Bear Brook State Park in New Hampshire, and there was these barrels found with two bodies in them, and they had been in the barrels at that point for oh, so long. Wait a minute, maybe. Do you know I about, have this? Heard yeah. about this? Yeah, they had been in the barrels for so long that they could tell it was an adult woman and like a child. Didn't know if they were related because I don't think there was DNA at this point, but like they couldn't identify them. Like they were just so they were left in basically liquids. I think to like help decompose them so they could have been there for years yeah so they like tried to identify them tried to identify them and it basically went cold then in 2000 in a separate part of the park two more barrels were found wasn't this not uh, the second set of barrels wasn't that like a hundred yards away or something like, yeah it was relatively close yeah it yeah i don't know the thing is they don't know if they were like there when the 1985 ones gotcha. were there yeah so a second set were found, um, and I think they were like a teenage girl and another young girl. At this point, I think they still didn't have DNA in the same situation. They weren't able to identify them, um, so they just hoped that some cold cases would link up, but they just couldn't. So there was these two very similar cases that just kind of sat there for a while. There really wasn't a much that they could do until... Eventually, what happened was when DNA came along, so this is maybe mid-2000s, they were able to find that three of the victims were related and one was not. So the youngest girl that was found in 1985 was not related to the other three. The other three were maternally linked or linked on the maternal side. So it could have been like a mother and her two girls, a mother and her two sisters. Mm. But again, like there's no identity. There's no Can't anything tell. like that. Um, so this case again, so they're like, okay, so we found this, maybe like someone will come forward because who doesn't know three people in your family are missing, but you know what I mean? Like that's, I, they always hoped that like someone would be like, Hey, like come forward. Yeah, I, and, well, I would think, you know, there'd be like a missing, missing person, missing persons 
case, excuse me, that would yeah, um, link sort up. of like, you know, like connect the dots right. sort of thing. You know, like three people right. are missing from this family. So what they originally, what they first did before they could like, so they, and I don't remember which one happened first, if it was the DNA or the, the second thing I'm about to talk about, but the second thing that happened was they were able to take, and I may be saying, I may be using the right wrong word, but I think they were able to take like isotopes from like the bodies and say like, well, they lived like in this part of the world. So maybe they could be like, hey, like these bodies might not even be from New Hampshire. Like they might've moved here. So like, it's not going to link up to a New Hampshire missing persons case. In 2017, they held a press conference and they were able to say, we think we know who these women are, but we're not 100% sure, but we found who killed them. And the way they were able to do this is through something that's been used in a lot of cases, which is genealogy DNA, which mm -hmm. has been available to the police. And they were able to see that one of the girls, when they like ran her DNA through like a genealogy database she was related to like this convicted serial killer mm. and they were able to like piece his life together and see that he did live in new hampshire he was around people that were described to be the victims um this was also a podcast which is how i heard about it called bear brook so i will link that below it's i think only six episodes so it's very short it just kind of like cuts to the chase of each episode but the reason it's fascinating is because now you see all these websites like Ancestry DNA and like 23andMe. And so if you put your DNA on these websites, um, it's not, they can't, police can't use those websites to like link family. What they do is people like will get their, their DNA from 23andMe and they upload it to things called like GED match where that's where they can see like if how they find relatives. So 23andMe is just going to be like, you're 75% European, you're this, you're that. But it's going to give you like your DNA profile. Then people then take it one step further. They go on these websites where they like want to find relatives mm. or things like that. And that's not and confidential it, or not as no. confidential. So the police uh, have access to this. So another famous case where this um, was also used recently was the Golden State Killer. Agents extracted the suspect's genetic profile from decades-old crime scene evidence and then searched genealogy websites for matches. They got a partial hit from someone related to Joseph James D'Angelo on GEDmatch.com. Police say another DNA test confirmed the 72-year-old ex-police officer was the Golden State Killer. I don't know if you're familiar with this that. case. It sounds familiar. Yeah, um, Patton Oswald's wife, before she passed away, wrote a book this man had i think raped 50 women and killed like i want to say at least a dozen people in california in like the 70s and the 80s and then it just kind of like he stopped and they knew it was one person because the dna when they did get dna like it kept they retested like all the dna in the 2000s from these cases and that's how they were able to like see that they had one big like serial killer but they weren't able to find a DNA match. Like, he had never committed a crime where his DNA had been taken. So in 2000, I think it was late 2017, early 2018, they were like, well, let's try this GED match or these websites where people are uploading their DNA, and if he has a relative, we can try to track him down. So I think they found his granddaughter or, like, some female like great niece or something like that she had been one of these people that put her dna on there he's probably like 
Got him. Yeah. So they, they surveilled her for a while, and they're like, okay, we know we're looking for, like, the DNA can show, like, okay, it's a white person. So that we want to look for, like, an older male, because he has obviously had to be alive during that period. So I think they followed her for a period of time, and they found, like, this guy who was her grandfather or, like, her great-uncle. And they ended up getting a warrant for, like, his DNA, and they took, like, his DNA out of the trash or something. Clever. Yeah. I think, and, and if it works, it's super helpful. I think I remember reading that, you know, people are like, oh, is this legal? Will, like, courts upheld it? Or, like, will they say, like, no, people can't use it? And every time they say, listen, like, these are cases that have to be solved. And as a criminal, you don't have privacy. It's, or sir, I don't want to say it's like verbatim what they said, but these cases are being like their upheld. level of rights, right? Are Especially when you raped like fifty people yeah, and murdered pretty, like over a dozen people. Pretty terrible, yeah. right There, um, that book. I will try to find the name of the book and put it in the show notes. I, that Patton Oswalt, and she wrote it, but she passed away. And they finished the book and they published it. And then like six months later, this happened. That's when it she, came out. So she didn't even when she wrote it, she was just like talking about the case. And then that reignited attention, and then and then this also happened like six months later. So like it pub- it made her book spike. I got you good timing, um, man. Yeah, so I'll I'll find the name of the book again and I'll I'll publish it down below, because um, I would I would recommend reading it. Just like I mean, it is kind of graphic because it talks about the things he did, but I think it's interesting if you like case study and things like that. But I think it's a whole new era that of j- criminal justice that we're coming into, with you know this is the thing the police are using. So, like, your DNA... You may have been careful where, like, you've never, you know, been I've, in this... Put your DNA in the system as like, far as... But if, I've, like, your I've, family member wants to find their distant cousin... I've been bald my whole life, and yeah. I always wear gloves wherever yeah. I go, you know? Yeah. And I always, like, take everything with me. Yeah. But, uh... But if, like, you left your DNA at a crime scene, and then, like, your cousin tries to find their relatives... Yeah, it's, like, just takes one little slip up. That's yeah. really all it is, too. It's yeah. just the, the minutia... Yeah. that, you know, forensics can get into now is, like, pretty mind-blowing yeah. to me. Where they can, you know, oh, we found, like, one eyelash, you know, on this yeah. scene. And, and then we can, can we can take all these steps to yeah. trace trace that one thing that, I like, nobody yeah. would have thought about for the most part to, you know, trace back and find whoever did yeah. whatever crime it was. I remember in the Bear Book podcast, they were talking about this woman, I think in, like, the fourth episode, she was, like, one of the first um investigators to really think of doing this and i don't remember her name i'll try to find it but she basically like came up with this technique and they've used it they've used it like 30 or 40 times i think just bear brook and golden state killer are just the most famous ones that have come out recently but i think listen if it can help find serial killers or violent criminals and get them off the street um i'm all for it or like give closure to cases we need it yeah. i mean especially when it comes to like violent crimes I, I think it's needed if we have that sort of technology i feel yeah. like we should use it yeah people should have their rights i was talking about Stephen avery and curtis flowers that their rights as far as fair trials weren't being upheld but you know on the other side you know if you're committing violent crimes and you're leaving dna but we just can't link it up, but, like, we find... You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like, I you feel, left your DNA in the first place. Like, your right got terminated. I feel it at some point there's a, you know, there's, like, a forfeiture yeah. of, a, of a certain level of rights. Yeah. Not not to say that we should go full, you know, minority no. report no. by any means, but I, I feel like if they have your DNA, right. if they're, you know, like, 
is a smoking gun right. and you can be connected, right. then I feel like every available avenue should be used to make sure that right. you can't do it again. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if it connects. I, um, I think there was something I read that said, like, they want to go back now and, like, look into cases like the Zodiac Killer. Like, it was never solved, but, like, they have DNA. Should they, like, tr- upload that and see, like, if they could... I mean, he could be dead, but, like, is it worth it as far as, like, bringing closure? Would they know? Could they find out? Yeah. I think it's worth that a shot. That kind of thing. Um, so we'll see. If it comes up again in any famous cases, we'll mention it. Anything recent, but I think it's fascinating. But I think that's all that we have for today. Before we wrap up, I wanted to give a special shout out to a couple people that have been sharing our podcast on Facebook, and that's Kirsten, Nicole, and Michelle. They've been kind of our podcast MVPs. And if you, sh- we do have a Facebook page and an Instagram page at Experts Podcast. Feel free to like and subscribe. Thanks for listening to our show. Make sure to like our Facebook page through our link in the show notes or by searching We Like to Say We're Experts on Facebook. See you next time.